This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening and welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. Uh, I'm hosting it tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Craig has got a bit of a headache and uh, the judge is sunning himself in Dubai, uh, sipping on his half pint. So I'm sure he's watching. So if you are, uh, how you doing, judge? Um, I'm not going to try with Craig's intro because that's Craig's thing and I'd never be able to do it justice. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to leave that to the professionals. Uh, guests this evening, Graham, welcome back, mate. How are you? Uh, not too bad, mate. I uh, had a good day out today with the missus, but uh, still trying to come to terms with what happened yesterday, I'm afraid. Yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. And also joining us is Woz. Woz, welcome back to the show, mate. How have you been? Hello, mate. Yeah, within myself, I'm all right, but f- football-wise, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit, um, yeah, we'll talk about it. It'll be therapeutic, this. That's right. It will. It will. It will. Guys, if you fancy a bet, don't forget to head over to FansBet and you can support the podcast. You can also support us via Patreon or by making a donation in the live chat box. Of course, you don't have to. Um, it's not compulsory. Uh, you know, we love doing this show and that's why we do it. But if you fancy supporting the podcast, you know what to do. You know the drill by now. Uh, so let's begin on yesterday's game. It was, uh, for wanting of a better term, a bit of a disaster, to be honest. Um, I'll get into my thoughts a little bit later on. But, Graham, let's start with you. What was your overall assessment of the team, Unai Emery, uh, the performance, the, all of it, basically? Well, I think when we look back on it, uh, we'll see it as a real opportunity missed, mate, uh, because uh, we've seen some bad first halves this year, uh, this season, but uh, not with so much at stake as we had yesterday. Uh, because had we won yesterday, I think uh, we would have really sort of like been in a great position to sort of like move towards that top four position that obviously we're looking to do this season. Uh, I think when we look back on the game, we'll see that uh, defensive errors cost us big time uh, and clearly sort of, uh, I think we're going to touch on the errors made by uh, Mustafi in particular. But I think Unai Emery got his selection totally wrong yesterday. Uh, And... um, uh, his decision to go with a, a, a back three and two holding midfielders uh, basically 
misfired badly. Um, I think uh, you can always tell what sort of Arsenal you're going to get by the way we start the game. If we start the game with intensity. You know we're going to be at it. And if we start the game sort of like uh, laid back, uh, I think Mike McDonald said it perfectly in his column, when we start laid back, uh, we're not at it. And uh, I think the selection that we he made yesterday, I sent, I think sent messages to the opposition and uh, that basically uh, we had uh, the wrong selection yesterday. I think Palace came with a very clear game plan uh, to win free kicks and try and overpower us at set pieces. Uh, and without uh, Jacker and Socrates, Socrates in particular organising the defence, we were vulnerable yesterday. Uh, we suffered with too many Arsenal defenders, uh, front-footed defenders making mistakes uh, and... Uh, Sort of like, I think there's nothing wrong with being front footed. I have to say that, but I think that has to be controlled. And the, the goals we conceded yesterday were all defensive errors. Mavropanos diving in, losing a challenge, and then pulling Benteke's shirt for the first goal, which led to the free kick, and then switching off at the free kick, looking for the offside. Mustafi just ball watching uh, and allowing Benteke to run in unchallenged. I think we were trying to play offside, played on by Jenkinson. The second goal, well, absolutely unbelievable. Two players going for the same ball, the flick on, Koscielny not coming across, uh, or certainly going forward, sorry, uh, and then leaving Mustafi, who basically then just literally uh, waved, uh, for want of a better uh, way of putting it, waved uh, Zaha in, uh, and then waved to uh, Leno to come and get the ball when he had no chance to get it. And uh, that was absolutely embarrassing, putting them back in front. And that was at a key time in the game, because Emery switched it up at half-time, went back uh, from the 3-4-1-2, which wasn't working, uh, to the uh, formation that maybe he should have played the back four from the start. And uh, we got back in the game uh, right at the start. Woby came on, made a difference straight away, played in Mesut with a delightful uh, uh, bit of play with Lacazette. Lacazette, a great uh, pass into Mesut's stride, and he played that uh, dink shot over the keeper that he played so well against Bournemouth to get us back at uh, 1-1. And we were in the ascendancy then, and uh, had... Mustafi not made that mistake. I think we might have even gone on to win the game. But obviously it goes to 2-1. We're then chasing the game. Players' heads go. And then we give away a really bad uh, third goal, also from a set play. Two players going for the same ball. A flick on with a header. Then Mustafi not picking up. And another header from MacArthur making it 3-1. Although we pulled one back from Aubameyang late in the game. We was chasing the game. And in the end... Uh, you know, we couldn't retrieve it. And this was a big opportunity missed. Give credit to Palace. They came with a game plan. Uh, we have to say in the first half, they could have been more than one ahead. Leno made two outstanding saves. Uh, but ultimately, I think had he got the team selection right yesterday, and I know Was wants to touch on that midfield, which uh, I think, to be honest, just doesn't work as a, a midfield pivot. Had he got the team selection right yesterday, I think we would have beaten Palace. But uh, we give Emery credit when he gets it right. I think we should always give Emery uh, criticism when he gets it wrong and I think he got it wrong yesterday or I've said that I think the defensive errors cost us yeah absolutely some great points there Graham uh, just before we move on to was massive thank you to Sam Abrahams for his donation which is specifically um for a cheeseburger for Graham so there you go Graham uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get off the cheeseburgers mate I'll tell you. <laughs> you, uh, you won't go hungry this week that's for sure uh was your take on uh that well for wanting of a better term shit show yesterday yeah, it was um, like you said. I don't think to a man when we saw that lineup, I think everyone was sort of thinking the same thing there. And um, I just don't really understand his thought process and, and what he was trying to achieve. I mean, we say it's a free. Realistically, with with Carl Jenkinson, it's not a free because he, he's not a winger. He, he doesn't get it well enough into the final third. And our only attacking outlet was Kalasinac. Now Kalasinac was up against 
one of the best one-on-one fullbacks in the Premier League this season in Wan-Bissaka, and he was being doubled up on. And and Palace found it so easy to stifle our attacks. And and with that that midfield pairing, who I say pairing very very loosely, they weren't a pairing at all. It was absolutely calamitous. And I'm sure we'll move on to that a bit later. But as a summary, I think they they found it so easy to stop us from playing the way that sort of Emery was trying to play. And, and realistically, there was such a disconnect. Ozil was dropping deep. We've got two of the best strikers in the Premier League, isolated. Even with two up, up top, they were so isolated. We could not get the ball between them lines through into the final third. And, and really, the, the long diagonal to Kolasinac was the only thing on. And once it got there, he was, stuffed, he was, he was snuffled out every time because wan was very good. And, and they, they knew they had the game plan. And they sort of give us the freedom of that right-hand side, knowing that Jenko... For, for all his all his love for the club and and everything, he's just not good enough. So, it was a very negative selection, in my opinion, with the sort of I call it a five at the back and, and two sort of deep line midfielders who have got what two Arsenal goals between them in their entire career. So, I just think at home, I understand the whole rotation thing and all that, but realistically, I think you start your strongest possible team and 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 you get out of there and get in front and then you make your changes, but. He put himself on the back foot. We had to make them two subs at half-time. And then later on in the game, we got both centre-forwards already on the pitch and we got no sort of no one to no one to really make the change. And we've only got one sub to do it. So, yeah, as soon as we were chasing the game, it, it sort of become, especially at 3-1, it becomes sort of a lost cause. And it's just opportunity with, with the other sides losing. And, and that really was our chance at home to Palace to, to set the stall out and then go to Wolves midweek and... And realistically, a win at Wolves probably would have near enough cemented us up there, barring a disaster. So, yeah, it's just the overriding feeling is frustration. But I'm sure we've got lots of little things to talk about as well. But, yeah, just frustration, really, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Great summary. Thank you to Adam Bastable for his donation. Thanks very much, mate. It's much appreciated. Um, Just to summarise my thoughts on the game, I agree with absolutely everything that you guys have said. Um, I think for me... You know, and I, and I did tweet before the game, and I said, I I've said in recent weeks that I never want to see that midfield pairing. I didn't want to see it after the Everton game. I never wanted to see it again. I could have probably said that I didn't want to see it before that as well, but the Everton game kind of cemented it for me, made my mind up on it, and I kind of, you know, leading into the game, I didn't want to be negative. I wanted to be positive, and I kind of got why he felt he needed to rotate. But rotation is a luxury that you have when you have a very deep squad and you have players fit. And at the moment, Arsenal don't have that. At the moment, in my opinion, Arsenal only have three central midfielders um, worth getting in the team. That's Aaron Ramsey, Granit Xhaka, Lucas Torreira. And if two of them are injured, you simply can't leave the third out. That's my opinion on that. Um, I think, you know, you can start him, see how it goes. You may be in control of the game. You may be able to take him off at a later stage. But for me, you've got to play for the points that are on the board now. You can't be looking ahead um, to games. You need to focus on the here and now. And it was really, really, really frustrating to see that. Um, But, you know, let's talk about Shkodran Mustafi Graham. Everybody's talking about him. Um, People are not happy with his performance and rightly so. Is Mustafi as bad as people say he is? I know he was a big problem yesterday, but he wasn't the only one, was he? No, he wasn't the only one. Um, but I think that uh, I think I think his Arsenal career effectively ended yesterday. Uh, and I think that um, 
you get a feel for this in the stadium. The, the, the two things I had a feel for in the stadium yesterday was obviously uh, every time Anani got the ball, uh, I don't know if it was sensed it, but um, there was sort of like, uh, it, there was anxiety with the crowd because they just knew that it was going sideways or no uh, incision in his passing. I think that, uh, uh, I think that El Nenny's a player who basically, um, He's all right in a three in a central midfield, uh, but um, but in a two, he clearly isn't uh, incisive or progressive enough and it doesn't work. And I think the crowd sensed that yesterday. But I think that Mustafi, there's long been uh, criticism of his defending. There's always a mistake in him. His positional play uh, isn't good. I think the, the thing about defending is that good defenders make defending look easy by the way they position themselves. Mustafi is always never in the right position and having to sort of uh, almost... Uh, dive in or, or correct a mistake. And I think that uh, was what happened yesterday. He, he was involved in all the three areas yesterday for the goals. I think he's made, um, a lot of people say that he's not making so many mistakes this season, but uh, whenever I watch him, he doesn't fill me with any confidence. I've always believed he's not the commanding centre-half that we needed. Uh, and for 35 million, I don't think, uh, I think we paid way too much for him. Uh, I think his positional play, he's got a lot of rash challenges in him. Uh, his positional play isn't great. Um, and I don't think he instills any confidence uh, in the uh, players around him. And uh, that yesterday, uh, the way that he gestured to Leno uh, to come and get it was almost like the act of a, a broken defender, uh, basically, who was sort of looking to blame someone else for his own shortcomings. And I, I think Emery came out yesterday and said that he's been consistent. Uh, he will always defend his players in public. He has to do that. But I think he'll know in his heart of hearts, uh, and he'll support his players in public. But I think he knows, I think, uh, that Mustafi's a player that I think we need to get rid of. And I think that uh, I think his Arsenal career effectively ended yesterday. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of that. I think, you know, knives have been out for Mustafi all season, even last season as well. And this kind of was maybe the nail in the coffin for him. Um, Graham, just before I move on to Wazzy's thoughts on Mustafi, Karen in the live chat. And a big yeah. hello to everyone in the live chat, by the way, uh, says it was great to finally meet you yesterday. So <laughs> uh, you made Karen's, uh, Karen's day. Um, and a big hello to everyone in the live chat. Later on, we'll be coming to you guys for some of your questions. Uh, was What's the download on Mustafi? Mm, damning. <laughs> he's um, he's an infuriating centre-back because, I, firstly, one thing I do want to say with all of our centre-backs, we, we've touched on this before, I, I personally think they're all centre-backs that want to hold someone else's hand. All of them. I think they all need a Van Dyke figure alongside them and I think yeah. they would all, all improve. I don't, I don't see any of them as a... Even Koss throughout his career, he's been a fantastic servant and he's a great defender, but his best time at the club come alongside Per Mertesacker, who yeah. could command, who could control, who could hold him, almost hold him, hold his arm during the game. And You're there, you do that. Just concentrate on doing that. I'm right over here. And it's just the real the centre-backs, a real mismatch. Now, Mustafi, for, for a large percentage of the game, he defends well. He, he, like Graham says, he's front-footed, he's aggressive. Sometimes that goes against him, but you can't have two defenders or similar like that. And unfortunately, all of our defenders are like that. So yeah, his errors are so fundamental. They're so simplistic. They're so annoying that that is why he gets so much stick. I mean, a lot, and all the good things he does go unnoticed because of them stupid, stupid moments. And they're moments you wouldn't see at Sunday league level. They are incredibly frustrating. I feel a bit for him on the first goal because I actually think that defensively, I think the, the defence held the line great. 
and Jenkinson was just fast asleep. And if Jenko is up with the line, then it's very good defending. So a lot of people saying he should be goal side, but he shouldn't because they were playing an offside trap. They were all in line apart from Jenkinson, who was yards deeper. So with regards to that one, I, 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 I do feel it wasn't so much his fault. And you can't, once he's gone, you can't react there because realistically, he's, he's, he's a yard ahead of him. You can't get back. It's simple as that. So the second one, infuriating. Like Graham touched on earlier, the two. Elneny and Koscielny both go for the same ball. Neither of them win it. They both get beat. Once you're in that situation, and it actually, by the way, when you watch it back as well, Kalasinac is also gesturing to Leno, saying, come out, come out. I think it, the ball was sort of in no man's land, so Leno made the decision to stay on his line. Mustafi, you've got to be aware. You've, you've got to be aware. Whether you believe your keeper's going to come for that or not, that's fine. But then you react to the situation, and that's unfortunately something that he does not do well enough. He does not react to the scenario he's in, and and just to allow Zaha just to walk around him like that was just—it's just a joke. I, I like—I like one of the one of the comments I read today that he actually stalled like an old tractor for yeah. Palace's second goal, which I think summed him up. But you make a great point I, there, was I think about about Cos. I think Cos is more—he's not an organizer, is he? He's more a secondary defender. I and think I think they all are, mate. I think yeah, they all and are. I think the person we missed yesterday was Socrates. The one thing about Socrates does he organizes the defence, and he takes responsibility and he shows leadership. And I think we missed that yesterday. I think Socrates was a massive miss yesterday. I think the way he plays, though, he's also a secondary defender. I think yeah. I agree with you the way he talks and he commands, but he, yeah. he, he plays like a secondary defender. He's front-footed, he's aggressive. He's always looking to, to win the ball, to push forward. Yeah. Whereas you watch people like Van Dyke, and the situation's always under control. They're, they're on the back foot. When they get front-footed, they can. They can get tight, but they, they often don't need to because they know what they're doing. They're positionally sound. They're aware of what's going on around them. And, and that's, that's the thing with Mustafi. And yesterday was absolutely shambolic. And actually, for me, the second goal was back. The third goal was the one that just drove me absolutely wild because I ain't got... What was he doing? What Honestly, where was, I cannot think where he was going. He's doing the okey-cokey. He's in, out, in, out, shaking it all about. <laughs> just yeah. left his man. I think he, He's just so blissfully unaware of what was going on around him. And he's, like all of them, he's such a confidence player, but... He's shot, mate. He really is so low at the moment and he can't get any lower. And He was actually defending well. And I said, people will laugh and say, oh, he's taking the piss and all this. But he actually was doing well, making tackles, good on the ball, front-footed. He was playing well. And then he has them moments. And unfortunately, at this level, you can't have them moments. And that is going to be the end to his Arsenal career because you cannot continue to accept what is happening with him. As much as I like his style and I like the way he plays, and I do think he'd improve alongside someone more commanding and someone like Van Dijk, and I keep referring to that, they're, they're, they're 10 a penny at this time, but that's what Arsenal need to bring in. But unfortunately, it, it can't continue. And uh, he's had his chances. I've backed him enough now and I, I can't sit here and genuinely say now that enough's enough. You can't continue to have them errors, mate. No, it's, just, think... it's just, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking to see, mate. But oh. at the end of the day, 35 million, like you said, mm. he commanded that fee because he is a good defender. But, he has these moments and you, you just cannot, if you can't wash it out your game by 26, 27 years old as a centre-back, you're never going to wash them out your game. And unfortunately, that is the cut of the mustard between being an Arsenal-level centre-back and not. And I do, I do think he's a good defender. I do think he's a good centre-back, but he will never make it at this, at this elite level that we're supposedly going to be continuing the way he does. 
I think it's, it's, it's lapses in concentration, isn't it? Well, it's that's like it, he, mate. That's he can't it. stay focused for the entirety of a game. And no. at this level, you can't do that. And there will be games where we'll have lots of the ball and no. our defenders and our goalkeeper need to remain switched on for those moments because those moments can be so key. For me, Mustafi, you know, he's proven time and time again that he's going to have those lapses. And he needs to be, in my opinion, an option, but not a first-choice option um, at the club. I think he has looked okay at times when he's played at right-back. Um, I'm not sure that's a, a long-term thing, but you know, at Spurs away, I thought he actually played really well, and he was unfortunate to have that penalty given against him because, of course, Kane was offside and all that. Um, but for me, he's, he's just not good enough for this level and not good enough to represent our football club. But you know, people are talking and, and a lot of people have been saying to me in the sort of aftermath of this game is that, you know, we got ourselves back into the game and then Mustafi cost us the game. And and of course, to an extent, I agree with that. But I also think that that shouldn't excuse the way we started the game and the way we set up was just so, like you guys said, it was so negative. It was so boring. And it's not the first time we've done that this season. We've done it time and time again against teams that realistically we should be playing off the park. And okay. for me, you know, you, you can't keep getting away with that. It's like if you're Palace and people were talking about Palace, you know, are oh, they safe? They've got nothing to play for. But Palace would have turned up at the Emirates Stadium yesterday, seen that team sheet and thought, you know what? We've got a real chance here. And that would have galvanised them. That team selection would have galvanised them. And another point I want to make, and I don't know what you guys think about this, is that people keep talking about Ainsley Maitland-Niles and saying... Well, he's not a right back. He's not a right back. He's a centre midfielder. Well, if you was going to start Jenkinson yesterday, that was the perfect opportunity to give Ainsley Maitland-Niles a game in the middle of the park. If you're not going to play him then, you're never going to play him. So I don't know what you guys think. Would that not have been a better option? For me, he's certainly more capable than the pair that played in the midfield for us yesterday. Yeah, well, I 100% agree with you, Harry. I think when you play a, a 3-4-1-2, um, like he played yesterday, I think you've got to have players... Uh, he's been playing that formation, but with the right players uh, uh, in those positions. And I think a football team's a bit like a car. All the time you've got the parts right, the thing uh, uh, goes smoothly. But when you don't have the right uh, parts or you've got the wrong players in the wrong positions, it, it doesn't run smoothly. We played Jenkinson at right wing back yesterday. Jenko, Jenkinson's not good enough at this level. We know that. But he's more of a fullback, an overlapping fullback who can throw a cross in. He's not someone who can... Uh, do the sort of things that Kalazanak or Maitland-Niles could do as a wing-back. When you play um, uh, centre midfield uh, in a two, I mean, you want somebody who's progressive. Uh, you want somebody who's going to sit, uh, somebody who, un who can control the game, uh, someone like a jacker who can pass through the lines. We didn't have that yesterday. And as a result, we had the ridiculous situation in the first half where we had Mustafi carrying the ball forward, gesturing to his midfielders, where are you? I've got no one to pass to. So we had midfielders who basically didn't suit the uh, roles they had yesterday, which we've already touched on. I think he had two choices yesterday. He either went with a 4-2-3-1, which was the obvious uh, uh, formation he could have gone with, or he could have gone with a four-diamond, uh, a diamond 4-2. Uh, and then he would have had every player in in the position that suited their ability. Uh, he could have played, for example, uh, Maitland-Niles at right wing back with Kolasinac at left wing back uh, with, uh, say, uh, Mustafi and Koscielny uh, in the middle or Mavropanos or Koscielny. I could see him then playing um, a holding midfielder at, at the base of a diamond. He could have played Mkhitaryan on the right, Awobi on the left, uh, and Ozil at the front of a diamond with the two up top. That, to me, would have been more progressive with players in the correct positions to actually uh, get 
uh, the, progress the ball through the lines, get players in positions where we pushed the ball into areas of the pitch where Palace didn't want to be. Palace were very comfortable, as Was says. Uh, the only thing we had going for us yesterday was the ball out to Kalazanak on the left. We were basically were ignoring Jenkinson on the right for most of the game. Ozil was so disconnected, he was having to come back into almost like a central defensive midfield position to actually get the ball and start attacks going. And the, the moment Palace saw Ozil further away from the goal, the, the happier they were, of course. The moment he's forward, more forward, when Awobi comes on to offer structure on one side, uh, we score straight away. So, And that's not coincidence. I think he had two choices yesterday. Uh, the players he had didn't suit that formation. Uh, the pivot didn't work, as we've said. It didn't work at Everton. It reminded me of the West Ham game. You had the two forwards up top, just totally isolated. As Woz mm-hmm. says, if you play three hold, uh, two holding midfielders in front of a back three... Um, you know, the cent- you, you, you haven't got the connections uh, through to Ozil to, to bring in Lacazette and Aubameyang. Palace did what they wanted to do yesterday, crowded the middle of the park, uh, and we really only had Kalazanak as an outlet on the left-hand side. I would have preferred, if not a 4-2-3-1, a 4-diamond-2. Uh, you know, ask them more questions, Palace. I have to say, I was really impressed with uh, Juan Basaka yesterday. Uh, he, he's... Uh, he looks an outstanding player. Uh, and Zaha, I think, looks the best player in a team outside the top six. But we made him look better than he even was yesterday with the way uh, we allowed him to run off Benteke. Um, and uh, I think that sometimes if you set up in that way, you, as you quite rightly said, as we both touched on, you send messages to the opposition that uh, this is not... Uh, uh, an intense Arsenal today. This is not an Arsenal uh, that's going to hurt us. And I, I think it showed up yesterday. Uh, and I was worried in that game. That first half was probably the worst first half performance I've seen at the Emirates this season, actually. Was. Let, let's talk about Matteo Ganduzi. I think we can all agree that Mohamed Onneni is just isn't good enough to feature in the first team. You know, he's a squad player, if that, nothing more. But in terms of Ganduzi, now... I've had pelters this season for when I've said that Genduzi shouldn't play as much as he does. And I always say that not because I don't think that he can't ever be a good player, but he's 19 years old. He's a bit rash. He's a little bit raw. And for me, he spends far too much time worrying about the, the ugly side of the game. You know, the getting in people's faces, the arguments with the referee chasing officials around. I just think if he just focused on his game and his positional sense a little bit more, this guy could progress at a much faster rate than he actually has. Is there a danger that, you know, we've kind of overhyped him in his early Arsenal days and now we're actually seeing that this kid, yes, he's got potential, but... Seems to have lost the link there. Hello? Is he there? Was. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, while we're waiting for him to come back in there, was I think the, the thing uh, uh, with Guendouzi uh, is I think he tries to force it too much. That's the thing I, when I'm watching him sometimes. Uh, positional players, obviously, still he's still inexperienced, isn't he? Very young. But I think Mate, sometimes I think he tries to force it too much. I don't I know what you issue, think about that. Yeah. yeah, I just think the issue with, with Guendouzi, and I think it's been the same issue since day one, he... he, he, he He's very confident and, and he does a lot of good things that visually look great. But off the ball, he's well, well, well off, well off of the level he needs to be. And, and he's, when he, whoever he plays alongside, he seems to cause unintentional havoc, if you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. He, yeah. he, he's, he, 
his position, he does not connect with his midfield partner. And that's right. Yeah. Even, when you've got someone with the level of El Nenny next to him, it becomes even more apparent because Guendouzi is then expected to take the mantle, and it, it's difficult for him. He's a, he's a young lad. He's just come from French League Two. He needs time to adapt. He needs time to progress. But he he. He, he's very frustrating to watch because on the ball he's lovely and we see it and, and he's struggling a bit lately on the ball it's obviously going to happen he's going to get tired at later part of the season of his first first real full season at this level so but just a little fun fact for you yesterday that midfield pairing I say it in inverted commas how many passes do you think they made to each other in 90 minutes? Less than 10 <laughs> 10 it was 10 passes between them El Nenny completed two passes to Matteo Guendouzi in the game. Two passes. That's your midfield partnership against Crystal Palace at home when we made over 500 and passes in the game. It's just not, it's not on. It's not, there was, that was what killed us yesterday. There's such a massive disconnect in the middle of that park. Like you said, Mustafi had no apple. The centre-backs had no balls for the Lions. Ozil's dropping 20 yards deep. Guendouzi's trying, he's all huff and puff, both of them. They're all huff and puff, but they're never, ever going to blow your house down. And that's the problem. When you've got Xhaka in there, he sits in there, he's disciplined, he's improved his defensive awareness this season. And he plays progressive football through the lines. Yes, he makes mistakes. So big, big, and also with the three centers, he is the one with the end. It was such a and they, they, they just haven't got it in them to get in the final third and, and make that third man run that we've seen a lot of goals come from, especially in that formation. So, yeah, it was entirely frustrating. And, and, and Grenduzzi, he's talented and he's confident and he, and he, and he exudes confidence and he, he gives everyone that belief. And he's, he's a great little player, but. He needs time and people need to ease off him because realistically, like you said, with Xhaka, Ramsey, Torreira, they should be the three players between them that are starting week in, week out. And obviously Ramsey's off, so I think we do need to invest in a central midfielder. But I think just ease him in. Bring him alongside in a balanced team. We, we had a mismatch team there and it's going to be difficult for, for Guendouzi, but... Yeah, it's just he needs time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not for a second suggesting that he's not a good prospect or anything like that. It's just no, agree. that agree. right now we're Arsenal Football Club and we need to get back in the Champions League. And you're not going to achieve those goals if you're relying on young players because young players will make mistakes. I've always said this. Graham will tell you the hardest thing to find in a young player is consistency. And you're going to get weeks where it just doesn't work. And uh, ideal, it's not ideal, sorry, that he had Mohamed Elneny next to him. But for me, this is not just yesterday. This has been a build-up over a few weeks now where we've probably not seen the best of Genduzi. Is he maybe a little bit burnt out? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Graham, let's talk about... Uh, I know you've touched on sort of Mesa Ozil and, and his impact once, obviously, the formation changed slightly. But a lot of people have been talking about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's performance. I know he scored a goal um, again yesterday, but... For me, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang seems to fade in and out of games. And every time I want to criticise him, I then look at his goal record and I think I can't. But th th there's something missing there, isn't there? He doesn't offer quite as much off the ball as, uh, as Lacazette, sorry, in my opinion. What's your take on that? Um, well, I mean, first of all, um, 
I think if you're judging him on yesterday's performance, we really touched on it. Um, he was totally isolated yesterday, up up top with there was no connections to him and Lacazette. Lacazette was working hard. I think we have to accept that uh, Aubameyang's main contribution to the Arsenal team is is his goals, uh, and I think that's just the way he is. Um, I think uh, if you're going to get the best out of Aubameyang, I think we got to think about the way we play to his strengths more. Um, I look at the way that. Dortmund used to sort of surround him with uh, pacey wingers. I think he needs somebody around him, a pacey winger, to sort of like create space for him. Uh, and he's a player that uh, he can run in beyond uh, if you do that. Um, it's a fair point you make. He probably is the sort of player who I think we have to accept. He, uh, he's never going to be the sort of like uh, the player involved in build-up, say like Lacquer is. Lacquer is somebody who's a structure, a focal point, somebody who can play as a false nine, someone who can come short, who works hard. Aubameyang has got different qualities, but what he has got, he's got tremendous pace uh, and he's got an eye for a goal. We saw what he did at Watford, when he, the way he closed down to get the goal. Uh, and also, you know, it's all about, I think, using his ability. And at times, maybe we're guilty of not doing that. I was, we were certainly guilty of not doing that yesterday. I don't know what Woz thinks on that. Yeah, I mean, if you're, like you said, Pierre Aubameyang, he is a, easy for me to say, blimey. He is an elite centre-forward, but what he is, he's an out-and-out -out striker. He, he's he's almost an old-fashioned, he should be a penalty box striker. And he runs the channel so well, he's, he's short, sharp movement in behind. He's very difficult to, his speed is electrifying and we're just not utilising him. I mean, in a 4-2-3-1, it's, it's credit to him that he can go out on the wing and then and, and get the goal from there and, and that mazy dribble and things like that. But, we all know that that's not the, the, the main part of his game. He realistically thrives off of service into the box. And unfortunately, at the moment, we're not playing in any sort of way to give him that service. And it, it, we sort of done it to Giroud for years. I mean, that guy, he's, just, he's six foot four. Just put, put him in the box, get the deliveries in, get him, and he'll, he'll get across the front post and he'll get your goals. So Aubameyang, in, in, in a way, is very similar to that. But he's, like you said, his goal-scoring record is elite. It is top, top level. And no one can can argue with the goals he gets and he will continue to score goals for the rest of his career because that's what kind of player he is but I think we, we're so used to seeing centre forwards of late that are say more cultured maybe someone like Giroud who with his back to goal he gets the ball he moves it on Lacazette his short sharp movements he gets the ball lays it off he, he's easy on the eye he's nice to watch but Aubameyang he just wants to score goals and and if you could sort of combine Lacazette and Aubameyang together, you nearly have someone like Thierry Henry. So <laughs> it, it, it is, it is you, you sort of got the, the two, two top level players, both who are missing sort of what each other has, if you get what I mean. Mm. And um, I, sometimes that's with Lacazette. I, I really want him to be more goal hungry, to, to throw himself across that near post more often, to get in them goal scoring positions. Because far too often we see crosses flashed across the box and no one's there. And you, and you look up and you think, well, yeah, he's, he's done a great bit of link-up play, sort of 15 yards deeper, but then you move on and you get in, get in that box and you want that goal. And we got he, he's up to, uh, he's up to uh, is it 18 or 19 league goals now? Yeah, 19. and that's what I mean. You can't yeah. argue with that. And, and, and realistically, people, you, you could probably say, has he had his greatest season? Probably not. Oh. But my God, if, you, if, you, if you're contributing them numbers, Hopefully by the end of the season he's sort of looking at sort of twenty three, twenty four league goals. Mm. I mean that's 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 good. And he's gonna you know he's gonna I mean? break that's, the thirty barriers good. and he was. He's gonna break the thirty barriers. Yeah. Exactly. You need a thirty goal a season striker. Whatever happens, you need one of them. Whether he impacts games often or not, it's all about having that one man that can just get you that goal when you need it. And 
And Aubameyang, he's, we look at the amount of chances he's missed this season as well, which is, in, in one sense, it's very promising. Like, major chances, you're getting in them areas. But in the other sense, you think, oh, if he could have converted this, converted that, it could have been a different story. But we've got two good, very good centre-forwards at this club. I think I think we have to accept with him also is he's going to miss chances. I mean, he he gets himself into so many good positions as well that he he sort of makes chances that other people wouldn't be in there to have a chance of scoring. So he's going to miss chances. Um, I think I think was pretty much on on the money there. I, I think he's without him and Lacker, where will we be for goals this season? I think Mickey's got the next highest return, has he? Um, him and Rambo, but they're single figures, I think. Um, so we're heavily reliant on uh, Bamiang's goal scoring, uh, and I think that uh, I think. The criticism of him is he misses too many chances, but he's in there. I'd rather have someone in there continually getting to uh, be on the end of things that he gets on the end of. And, I, and I'd rather have someone scoring the goals that he does over somebody who offers more to a team that doesn't score goals. I think you need goal scorers in your side. And that's what he is. He's an elite forward with a tremendous goal scoring record wherever he's played, as was says. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on, guys. Big thank you to Jay Rob in the chat for his donation. And uh, thank you to the almost 200 of you that are watching us live at the moment. Uh, we're going to ask what I'm going to ask the guys one more question and then we're going to head over to you guys's questions. So start filling up that chat box and I'll pick out some questions from there in just a moment. Um, was this is something I wanted to ask you, actually. And you know, we talk a lot about the improvement this season. We talk about the fact that we're in the hunt for a top four spot, um, that we have a real good chance of going all the way in the Europa League. And and we've just spoken about the importance of the two strikers. You know, in some way, though, have, have those guys, has their performances this season masked a lot of the sort of problems that we still have in this team? Has their goals been maybe sort of papering over certain cracks in the team? I certainly think so. Yeah, I mean, we all know it's going to be work in progress. And I do I do personally think this squad, when you take into account that we've been missing Bellerin, Welbeck and Holding for the vast majority of the season, despite that, we're still up there. And I do think the squad's a lot better than people give it credit for. I think at times Emery has got it absolutely spot on. He's been incredible. And, and, and you watch it and you think, wow, this man is really top, top level manager. And then you see games like yesterday and you think, oh, no, what are you doing, son? Like, what, what is going on there? Like, why are we, why are we doing this? And uh, it's been a bit up and down like that all season and I wouldn't say it masks it because the fact the reason we've got them two players is to score bloody good goals and, that, and that's what they do and, and that's the level that we should be aspiring to work to and and realistically when you look at the partnerships that Xhaka and Torreira forged earlier on in the season and there's a blueprint there for Emery had a way of playing and, 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 a, and a structure and, and you can see he, he, he's very he goes with a collapsing action left wing back but then sometimes he goes with a four at the back and he, and he always picks Monreal because he's he more defensive. And like when he went Monreal on the staffy because he chose his fullbacks more defensive. He, he does good things, Emery, but sometimes games like yesterday, and, and we've played a lot of lesser sides where we haven't enforced ourselves on a game. Games like Barté and, and Nantes and, and, and West Ham and Southampton, there's loads of them. We can reel them off. But that's been the frustrations with me that we've, we've not sort of at times stood up and said, look, we're Arsenal. We're coming here to play you. Deal with us. It's been more of a case of, well, we're coming here. I think oh, I'm a bit worried. I'm going to play three defenders, two holding midfielders. We'll leave our strikers isolated. Games like, like, like Graham said earlier, West Ham, Brighton, them, them sort of games, that's, they're the frustrations where they lie. 
But then there's been other games where we've been absolutely top draw. We've been unplayable. That first half against Napoli, just ridiculous. We were so front-footed, so aggressive, quick in everything we'd done. Sharp, we're scoring goals. We're looking exciting, playing great football. And, and, and that's there. That's in the squad. So I'm praying, because I do like Unai Emery. I really do. And I want to love him. But then every time I get to love him, something like the weekend happens. And I think it questions me again. But if he hopefully he can get in the Champions League this season... He'll go out in the summer. We've got that under our belt. We, we spend a bit of dough, get a, get a centre back in, and and see where it takes us. Because he's tactically very flexible. I like a lot of things he does. I dislike a few things he does. But you're going to get that with a manager. He's never going to please you all the time. So if he can cut out them silly little games like yesterday, and and like we've had sort of seven or eight of them this season, which we look back on and you think, yeah, we could have managed that a bit better and we could have done different, but. That's, that's all part and parcel of football. And it's his first season with his squad. It's his first season in English football. And although he carry, carries a lot of frustrations with me, if he can make the Champions League this season, then bravo, hats off, and, and we go again next year. I'll just, make, I'll just make two quick points, Harry. I think um, one thing he has done this year, he's improved us against the better teams. Uh, he seems to be better setting us up against better opposition than he does when we play the likes of Palace and... Uh, uh, well, for what you know, I know Everton are not a weak side, but when we play the when we play the top draw sides, he seems to get his tactics spot on. He seems to be better when he played like Napoli's, the Chelsea when he went with a diamond at home against Chelsea when we played Spurs, the way he switched it around with the split strikers, uh, and he seems to have his tactics right uh, against the better sides. But against the weaker sides, for some reason, I think he's been found wanting at times. The West Ham away, as we said, the Southampton away, albeit it was done by injuries, and yesterday against Palace. I think the one thing he has improved this season watching Arsenal is that press. I think the press is so much better. The way we press from the front with the midfielders as well, it's more of a collective press than it was under Wenger. Uh, but um, I just think that Wenger's teams would have rolled over teams like Palace yesterday, whereas as yet he still he always talks a lot about balance in his teams, about the balance between attack and defending. And I think sometimes I don't think he trusts our defence, uh, with good reason, obviously, yesterday you saw why. But I think just one point I will make on yesterday, just in closing, is that that uh, midfield pivot we talked about that offered nothing in terms of connection to our front players didn't really protect that back for uh, back three yesterday very much either uh, and there was gaping holes where they were uh, uh, as was said so positionally poor uh, albeit it was the mistakes of the defenders that cost us you know and uh, but I just think that um, what he has done this season he's improved us against the better sides yeah, absolutely. You can't deny that. The results speak for themselves. Um, right, just to let you guys know as well, Burnley have taken the lead against Chelsea uh, as we're live at the moment. So that could potentially go our way too. Fingers get, crossed. Get a, a, a free card. Yeah. You've, ju- you've, jinxed it, you've jinxed it, Harry. I'll tell you. That's all right, man. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. What can I do? Right, let's go to some of the listener questions. There are so many here. So I apologise if I don't pick yours. I'm literally just scrolling through it at random. Um, let's have a look here. Um, right, this one. Bear with me a second. My scroller stopped scrolling. What's going on? All right, we're back. We're back. Um, da, da, da. okay, this one comes from uh, Michael who says, Has Unai Emery put all his eggs in the Europa League basket, in you guys' opinion, based on the team selection yesterday? Graham, um, has Unai Emery prioritized the Europa League now? Uh, well, he says he hasn't, uh, but uh, you tend to think on yesterday's selection, I think yesterday's selection was more looking at the Wolves game, to be fair. 
Uh, I think he does see the Europa League as, uh, um, you know, he's got a great track record in the Europa League, hasn't he? We can't dismiss that. And he knows how to win the Europa League. I think he fancies the Europa League. Uh, I think uh, Valencia is his old club. Won't be easy, but I think we're better. We've got better players than Valencia. That doesn't mean necessarily we'll, we'll win it, but I think we have. And then Chelsea, he's already demonstrated against Sarri at, at, at the Emirates when he played that diamond midfield four and the two up top, how he nullified Chelsea, albeit Sarri helped him by playing Hazard down the middle. Uh, I, I think that he, in answer to your question, I think he still sees both as a as the option, but I think you can't help but think he might be, with his record of Europa League successes, thinking that Europa League might yet be our best opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Was this one, I'm going to put it to you. Um, well, I'm going to put two to you, actually. There's one saying, does Was want a job with SBR Media? Who at SBR <laughs> Media? Um, <laughs> hit him up. Uh, he might be interested. You never know. Uh, also, this one comes from Karen Russell, Mrs. Same Old Arsenal herself. Um was what three players would be your first ones out of the door in the summer? Ooh, aggressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first, well, Lichsteiner. Um, who else would I have gone? Elneny, definitely gone. Done and dusted, finished. See you Jen- later, son. Jenko? Yeah, Jenko, yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably. And Mustafi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone everyone wants Mustafi gone. I get that, and he, he more than likely will go. But the, the, the reality is, whoever whatever centre back stays, we need to spend big on a centre back and get a dominant centre back. And I know their their odds come by, but that's it. But yeah, then I suppose there's a fair few that are going to leave the club. So um, yeah, but I, I, I don't really I don't want to be horrible to any players apart from really I think Mo should go. Bless him. Yep. Fair play. Uh, this one comes from Michael Hernandez. Uh, Graham, do we have a motivation problem in the team? And I'm assuming he means against sort of the lesser sides, if you want to call them that. Um, but do do we have a motivation problem in that field? I think I don't think he motivated him yesterday, did he? You have to say that. Um, possibly yes. I think the answer to this question is yes. I think that when we play the bigger teams, that I've noticed at the Emirates this year, we are more intense. Uh, right from the off at it. When we play the lesser team, sometimes we're laid back uh, and it's almost like uh, we just expect to beat these teams. So, you know, I think that's probably, I I agree with that. I think sometimes we play the lesser teams. Our record at the Emirates for all that has been really excellent this year. This is the first defeat since August. So, um, but I've noticed that we are certainly, when we play the bigger teams at home, we seem to be up for it more. Um, The players seem to be on it. uh, And, it's hard to understand why. Maybe Emery doesn't motivate him. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Lee made, Lee Judges made a great point yesterday. His team selection was all wrong yesterday, uh, and I think that 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 didn't help yesterday uh, with the players when they came out onto the pitch. Uh, but um, yeah, I think there's something in that. I think we are, uh, we, you know, more laid back and um, not motivated when we play these lesser teams. Maybe the players just expect to beat them comfortably. I don't know. Uh, Graham, you were right. I did jinx it because Chelsea are now in front. <laughs> um, and Golo Kante and Gonzalo Higuain have put them 2 1 to the good. So I apologize about that. Uh, the, uh, big thanks to Unique79 for his donation. A Twix and a flake for your little one, Harry. Cheers, mate. I'll probably eat the Twix <laughs> and the flake myself, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, right. Um, I know we've already spoken a little bit about transfers, but. Um, 
there's that seems to be what most of the questions are coming up about um oh here's one to me harry will you go back on AFTV because it was great entertainment no mate i won't be doing that again sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> um okay in terms of positions was uh, if we could recruit for three positions, this one comes from Mustafa. Uh, which three positions would you be looking to recruit in first? Centre-back. I don't care. Even if our whole budget was blown on a centre-back, I'd, I'd do it. I'd, literally, that is the biggest fulcrum in this team. We've got... In, I think Monreal could last another season with Kolasinac rotating. I think at right-back, we, we Maitland-Niles can definitely fill it in with Bellerin back in there. I think in the centre of the park, Xhaka Torreira, I mean, we're reliant on Guendouzi, so I would like to bring in another central midfielder in there. We've got the two centre-forwards. Ozil is still going to play. Mkhitaryan, we, we've got Reese Nelson coming back in there. So, realistically, I'm just so desperate, and I think we all are, to see that that top, top-draw centre-back. And we keep saying how hard they are to find, but... I mean, come on, there's, there's guys at this football club that get paid big bucks to, uh, to, to identify and, and bring in that, that, that sort of star man. So it was almost like what Liverpool done that season where they, they sort of thought to themselves, right, this is what we're going to do here. We're going to go out and if we don't find an attacking player, that's fine. But we're going to go out and get, get, get that centre-back. So if it was three positions and we could, could afford and bring them in, I'd bring in a centre-back, a centre-mid and, and, and an actual chalk-on-boots wide man. Yeah, I agree with that. Out-and-out out, out wide man. That would be my three. Yeah. I agree with that. Sounds good. Uh, this next question comes from Deuce Knight. He says, uh, and I'll put this one to you, Graham. How would you set up against Wolves on Wednesday night? Cool. Um, I, uh, well, Wolves play uh, a back three, don't they? They play a, a three-five-two, do they? Um, it's a so the question he's got then, does he set up with a back three? Does he match him in formation or uh, does he go with a back four? I think it depends who's available. Is Jacker likely to be fit for that one? Uh, I would like to see Jacker Torreira as a midfield pivot in that one. Um, it's difficult to say from the players. I don't know who's available, where they all are. Uh, when we played at the Emirates, we struggled to break them down in a 4-2-3-1 shape, didn't we? Um, I know Woz loves the 4-2-3-1. Uh, I, I'm always a great one sometimes for matching them up in shape, uh, the, the back three. Um, but I think we've got to have the right two, you know, in the middle. Um, it depends who's available, I suppose. It's, um, for me, then, I don't know, I'll take uh, was probably go with a 4 2 3 1. I, I would match them in shape. We play Lacazette or Bamia out front. Maybe play that diamond. I was at the tip of a diamond. Jacker, Jacker, and. Um, Jacker uh, at the base, uh, maybe Torreira on the right where he's played before, and I would look to play uh, possibly Iwobi on the left. Uh, go with the back three, maybe match him up in shape. I don't know what. What do you think was four two three one? No, I think I do tend to agree with you there. Like you said, we did struggle at the Emirates in the four, and I just think Emery sort of he he, he he seems to have struggled when he struggled previously. He seems to have struggled in the return game as well, and I I, I hope he's got. A plan for Wolves because we all know Wolves on their day are unbelievable and they really are. They put pressure on you. They're, they're 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 very talented footballers. But like you said, I think whoever plays and what oh, sorry whatever formation we play, we need that midfield. We need we desperately need them players back. 
We please Jaka Torreira. Whatever else happens around them, Jaka Torreira, whether it's a Wobi Mikatarian, a Bamyang Lacazette, if we go 4 2 3 1, whoever, whatever we play, I just really, really, really want to see um, them two in the middle because it, uh, it just makes such a difference to the way we play. We can play out from the back. Torreira's busy. We know what we're doing. And I think that is the most important thing. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does because this is where managers earn their bread and butter because certain games you can look at it and go, yeah, I think it'd be nice if we'd done this, done that. But I mean, really, you, how do you set up against this Wolves side and, and go there and realistically, we have to win, mate. We have to win. I, so. I, I just think we need to match them in midfield was. If they're playing yeah. a three at the back and they're playing the two wing backs, that falls back into a... A four in midfield. I think we're going to need four in midfield. That's why I suggested matching in formation. Yeah. You know, because I think if we I can agree. get hold of that midfield, we did take the game. And in the way yeah. that we didn't get hold of the midfield against Palace. Exactly, mate. I think you're spot on there. And I, I, although I do like four two three one, I think away from home, especially against the side of dangerous walls, like you said, match up, win the battles, win your individual duels, and you win the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, just finally, uh, your predictions for Wolves. Graham, how do you see that one going? Well, it's almost become a, a must-win game, hasn't it? Um, uh, I think now we can't really afford to lose any more games. I think we really need to win them all, uh, maybe draw one. So I think we have to win it. We have to go for it. Uh, and I just think that um, I'm going to be positive. I think we're going to get the result. I think we'll win it 2-1. Good stuff. Was your prediction? 3-1 Arsenal. I'm going to go with uh, 2-1 Arsenal. And we're all feeling positive, at least. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed that filters through to the team. Uh, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode of the same old Arsenal. Massive thank you to every single one of you who's watching us live, who's going to watch this later, who's in the chat box. Apologies to those whose questions I didn't get around to. I'm not as good at this as Craig is. Um, so you'll have to forgive me. Uh, shout out to the judge who's sunning himself and watching us live, I believe. So uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday, mate. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, do what you've got to do. Leave us a review on iTunes. The audio will be up at some point tomorrow, I believe. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that on Twitter. Um, and yeah, take care. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday. And let's hope that Burnley can uh, pull a couple of goals back at the bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.